Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 54 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex. How you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, yeah, we're getting into the nitty gritty now for playoff time, so it's, it's pretty exciting. This is a great time of the year. Uh, I love it, man. You and and this is the great thing, you know, about playing in Dynasty at least is that this time of year, if you are one of the contenders, you're trading, you're you're trying to get a little deeper, maybe maybe get one more stud on your team, and if you are one of the rebuilders, man, you're maybe trading a stud, getting some picks, getting some young guys, trying to reshape that team. So you can make a run. So either way, you're kind of having fun. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to do what's best for your team. And and it's a whole lot of fun, man. It's a whole lot of fun either way. That's kind of the, the joy of Dynasty is that, you know, even if you're out of it, even if you're, you know, two and seven, you know, two or two and eight now, two and eight, you know, you got something to work towards. Maybe you're looking forward to that number one pick, you know, if you're in super flex, you're looking at a Trevor Lawrence and you're drooling a little bit. And these games, you know, the losing is actually uh, pleasant because, you know, you're just one step closer. Kind of like the Jets. You're one step closer. <laughs> so uh, on, on that note, let's uh, let's get into the news here, man. So Thursday night, man, Colts Titans. And I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, I thought this was going to be a pretty... Uh, Pretty even game. Thought the Titans were going to come out with the win. The uh, the Colts said no. They uh, dominated that game, won by double digits. And, uh, I mean, my big question is, what do you do with this backfield, man? Naheem Hines was kind of the, the man of the hour, 115 total yards, two touchdowns. It's like... It's like playing roulette, man. You just drop your ball and it spins around and then it lands on someone and <laughs> you, you win your money. One week it's JT, one week it's Hines, one week it's Wilkins. What do, what do you do, man? What are you trying to do with this backfield? It's it's really tough, you know. It, it's cuz you just it's it's almost like the New England backfield in a way. And actually a lot of backfields now to be honest. If we're you know, looking around the league, we're starting to see this more and more. Uh, where you're not really sure which guy's going to be getting the touches, and it's it's I don't even know what to do to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's really odd because they give Jonathan Taylor early touches, and then all of a sudden he kind of disappears. It's like 
let's see who's the most effective against this defense, and then we're just going to roll with it. And it just happened to be Hines this, this week. And, you know, JT is just kind of, I don't know what to, you know, we expected more, obviously, when he came out. But, I mean, I still have hope for him. He's just got to shore up that fumbling, and maybe they just don't trust him quite yet. And maybe he's not, he doesn't have the plays down or something. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just an odd thing that he's not getting more more touches recently. But, I mean, when you have other guys performing performing like uh, Hines did this this week, I mean, I understand, you know, going with a hot hand. It makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people are questioning Frank Reich and, well, you know, why isn't JT getting more burn? Why isn't he? Uh, why isn't he on the field more? Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? But realize th- this Colts team is—they're cooking, man. They're—they're they're a good team, even with Philip Rivers' flaws, <laughs> and there's a lot of them. You know, he—he's deploying these running backs in a way that is getting him wins. So I know we all had high hopes for for JT, and you know. Definitely not time to panic yet. The guy's only played, you know, in a handful of NFL games. But, you know, Frank Reich doesn't care about our fantasy team. He cares about winning real NFL games. Uh, And, you know, unfortunately, if you have one or maybe even two of those guys in the Colts backfield, it's kind of throwing it up in the air and seeing what works and going going with that. So let's move on here. We're going to go to the – to the Texans and the Browns, you know, the boys are back in town, man. Nick Chubb, 126 yards rushing, one touchdown, and, you know, one other touchdown that he did the right thing and ran out on the one-yard line. He did not Todd Gurley it. Um, And then you got uh, Kareem Hunt, 132 total yards. And when Chubb went down, I think we all kind of propped Hunt up and we were like, yeah, now is his time to shine. There's no one taken away from him. But it's almost like they play better together. You know, it's – I don't know if it's just a chemistry thing, if they're just really good friends, what, what the case may be. But the two of them in that backfield make them both stronger. And they're both good players on their own. So – um you know, I don't know if there's anything else you saw in that game you wanted to talk about or anything else you've been uh, seeing. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense when you have two running backs. It just makes, um, you know, they're both fresher in the second half. And, you know, it was kind of interesting because you kind of had to expect them to be running the ball a lot in this game because of the um, – of the wins that they are dealing with, you know, most, I, I would imagine the defense knew they were going to run and they still just ran it down their throat. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, that's the kind of offense that actually Cleveland needs. So that's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the season. Um, I mean, that can only help Baker. And, and now that the, he's hopefully not going to be dealing with the wins quite as much. I mean, cause that's just impossible really for almost any quarterback to deal with. You know, maybe maybe with that running game being so prolific, that'll open some things up for him, uh, and we'll see what happens. So I, it's a good sign for the for the Browns, no question. I mean, as for the Texans, it's just a 
I mean, it's just like a, a year that you're just going to like basically forget about. You know, you don't even want to think about this season. And hopefully with the new management and everything that they'll end up, uh, you know, getting it, the ship righted. Because um, otherwise you're wasting such a, a good talent at quarterback. And, you know, that's just it's sad to see when that kind of stuff happens. And you bring up a really good point. We're talking about management here. You know, it's it's amazing how quickly things change. You know, a year ago, we would have talked about the Texans uh, being an organization that is run well. You know, they have Deshaun Watson. They have DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien is, you know, winning a good amount of his games, winning division titles, getting that team to the playoffs. And the Browns are the Browns, you know, no luck, no good, bad news Browns. And now, a year later, the Browns had a head coaching opening, and I think they really evaluated what their team was, saw that they had two elite backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and hired a coach that would run a system that would highlight both of their abilities. You know, they didn't, you know, maybe they looked at Baker and said, hey, Baker is a, you know, maybe a slight upgrade on a game manager and let's not have him throw it 50 times a game. Let's not bring in a coach that's going to ask him to throw it 50 times a game. And now we're looking at the Texans. Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of balls. And now he's no longer there because... And, you know, they quickly learned that without DeAndre Hopkins, even with an elite talent like Deshaun Watson, it is very hard to win games in the NFL. And we saw what DeAndre Hopkins did. And we'll talk about that in a little bit in <laughs> this week to win a game. You know, that that's the kind of elite talent that DeAndre Hopkins is. And now we're almost talking about it like, well, maybe the Browns management has figured it out while the the Texans management is stuck in neutral. So a uh, uh, great point by you. Thank you. So ah, no problem. <laughs> so we're going to move along here. Uh, the football team against your Detroit Lions. Uh, the headline should read a swift arrival. DeAndre Swift, man, 147 total yards, one touchdown. Uh, I think uh, I think this is the start of the reign of DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, we did a little bit of seeing if uh, on Johnson had anything left. We we did a little bit of Adrian Peterson back there, and now I think or I, I'm hoping anyway that they've realized that DeAndre Swift is the answer. They drafted him to be the answer at the running back position. And uh, he's going there, and it's funny because uh, I'll promote the uh, the FTC, the Fantasy Timeline chat here. You uh, you had made mention that the the Washington football team would win the NFC East right before <laughs> uh, Matt Prater kicked that field goal to win the game. So I yeah. just uh, I still uh, believe yeah. it. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'm, I know and, I'm teasing you, and. Um, at, around here in the in the Philadelphia area, you know, obviously after that game, there's a lot of, you know, 
a lot of angry people and a lot of things being said about who will win the NFC East. And uh, yeah, I'll make mention of that when we get to that game. But yeah, uh, there are a lot of people saying that there uh, there is going to be a team other than the Eagles winning it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, let's let's go to the Jaguars and the Panthers. MVS is the uh, the MVP, at least of this game. Uh, four receptions, 149 yards, one touchdown, which was assisted by the ref. Uh, you know, maybe he had a little bit of money on that game. I don't know if you saw that play or not, Bill, but uh, the uh, the ref ran into one uh, one Jags defender who was then pushed into another Jags defender. The that uh that kind of set that uh that touchdown up a little bit. It's a funny play, but um, uh, anything else from this game that you saw that you thought was interesting? No, I mean that, that is cool about MVS. You know that he actually. Uh, I hear that like confidence is his biggest issue. Like that's what kind of drags him down a bit. He gets really down on himself if he messes up and that sort of thing. So it's kind of nice that maybe you know this will get him going a little bit, and then with. Green Bay getting uh, Lazard back as well as as well. Um, that's could end up being a pretty decent um, wide receiver core. Um, you know, with MVS being kind of the deep threat and having that big man uh, with Lazard, and then just having that you know great X receiver uh, and Devante. So you know, it's a it's a it's a, it could be pretty prolific. I mean, the offense could end up turning into a very good all-around offense as opposed to just going to Devante, which might hurt, you know, obviously. But, I mean, Devante, I was just looking in a, um, the stats in one of my leagues, and it's just crazy the average points per game that he has compared to anybody else. It's like eight points more than the next wide receiver. So, I mean, he's on just an incredible level compared to everybody else at the moment. And... um yeah, I, I still think he's, you know, top five, but I don't think he can keep up the pace he's on right now, especially with these other guys kind of stepping up. Well, I mean, it should be interesting because Green Bay got a lot of crap for not taking a receiver high in the draft, and then they got a lot of crap for not trading for Will Fuller. But, you know, they have Devontae Adams, who is, you know, I think the best in the game right now. And I know arguments can be made for Hopkins and so on and so forth. But like you said, he's kind of on an unreal pace right now. But I I almost wonder if this will help Adams and not so much as to keeping up the pace or maybe even increasing the pace, but he's doing all of this when the second receiver was MVS, who he can have games like this, but he can be inconsistent too. Lazard was a much more consistent force. And now that they can't just solely lock in on him, I I wonder if that actually maybe helps him a little bit and gets him, you know, maybe more receptions or makes him more of a red zone target. I mean, I know all these things are kind of insane considering what he's been doing, but you know, the more, the more weapons you have on the field that a defense needs to account for, the easier it makes it for everyone on that field. And maybe, maybe all of that helps Aaron Jones, who has had a great season himself. You know, it's hard to tell right now how it's going to all shape out or shake out, excuse me. But yeah, man, I mean, it's a crazy, it's going to be a really good offense. And I think an offense that 
a lot of uh, a lot of teams are not a lot of NFL teams are not going to want to see uh, on their schedule coming down these last few weeks of the season. So uh, move moving here to the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, the Giants ground the Eagles and literally ground them on the ground. Daniel Jones, 64 rushing yards and a touchdown. And he got another touchdown, another rushing touchdown called back on penalty. And Wayne Gallman, uh, 53 rushing yards, but two touchdowns. Um, anything you see from uh, anything you see from this game? Not really. I mean, it just it just seems like it's two two rough teams. Um, I I don't even know what to say. Like it, it, you keep expecting a team to step up and look good, and it's just not happening. And I mean, when you lose, if you if you want to win a division, you have to be able to beat the Giants. Like, I mean, that's just – so I think Philly is in a lot of trouble. And I hear – you know, I understand the Giants have a pretty good schedule coming up. So, I mean, in comparison to the other teams at least. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Giants end up, like, sneaking in somehow. Um, you know, I mean, what is it? Everybody's within, like, a game or so of each other or a game and a half. and. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still really anyone's game. I mean, we have, what, six more games for everybody? And if a team gets hot and wins two or three games, I mean, that could be enough to win the division. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but it's just a bunch of bad teams, really, at the moment. Yeah, and, you know, you have you have two teams in that division that are talent-deficient in Washington and New York. And then you have two teams that are really banged up in the uh, in Dallas and Philly. And it's funny because everyone around here is now, everyone in Philadelphia is now predicting the Giants to, to win the NFC East. And my thing is like, let's, let's calm down a little bit. We need to realize that the three wins that the Giants have Two of them are against Washington, and one of them is against the Eagles. So, the, the, but that's not all you got to do, right? You just got to win the division, and you're gonna probably you're gonna win if you win. You have the best record in the division. Odds are you're gonna win it, right? Well, I, that's a possibility, but I don't. I can see the Eagles winning at least one game out of division. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the same thing about the Giants. Uh, you know. The the Eagles did beat a, you know, slightly injured but talent-wise much better San Francisco team. So we've seen that they have the ability to do it. Now, I know their next 5 games is like it's a murderer's row and yep. you know, that is that's what happens when the uh the two divisions that you have to play are the NFC West and the AFC North, probably the two best divisions in football. Your, you know, your schedule doesn't end up looking uh, great. But you know, our our fan and our DAT Network brother uh, Rocky Petrella said, you know, the next five games, you know, or you know, they they may not win a game. And then I read off who who the Giants play, and I said, well, they might not win a game either. So it might be all square, you know, the next five games. But, yeah, that's going to be an interesting division, and I'm glad the uh, I'm glad the Dallas Cowboys are doing it right. Let's just lose them all. Let's get the high draft pick. 
where, you know, winning that division and getting a, a home playoff game to get smacked around by a real team is not, is not something I, I want to see done. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather get the high draft pick and, you know, get a player and hopefully get people healthy and, uh, and look forward to 2021. So, um, but that's that. So let's, uh, let's move on here. Let's go to the Bucks and the Panthers. Uh, Brady, man. Whoo. Tom Brady bouncing back 341 yards in the air, four total touchdowns. I mean, that, that's one thing I don't ever want to be. I, I don't want to be the team that has to play a Tom Brady led team after he gets embarrassed on prime time because uh, you know he takes that personally and you know he's going to let out his frustration on whoever's next on the schedule. Um, anything else you see in this one? I mean, it was – I mean, it worked out really well for Brady just because Carolina's defense is pretty suspect. And, you know, so it just kind of came at a good time for him and not so good for uh, Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was nice to see him spread the ball around, but the problem is, like – how are you with them having so many different weapons? I mean, it's, it's kind of like the running backs in a lot of teams. It's just like you don't know where these targets are going to go. And I think, you know, just starting to look like uh, Antonio Brown, as long as he stays, uh, you know, uh, active and allowed to play by the NFL, I mean, he's he's vulturing a lot of targets. Um, you know, I think he was second on the team in targets this week and just one behind Mike Evans. So, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. If he's already getting to that point, you know, it, it looks like he might end up being the guy that starts getting leading the team in targets coming up. And you know, he might. God, I can't even believe I'm gonna say this, but he might be worth adding if you're a playoff team that you know you want to roll the dice on getting a little bit of you know a ceiling on a guy for reasonably cheap. Um, of course, you run the risk of him not being able to play after <laughs> this week. So just because of that nonsense with him, with that bicycle and all that crap. I don't even know exactly. I didn't read. I don't know exactly what happened, but I just know he was acting a fool. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Carolina also, Teddy Bridgewater kind of dinged up, so he might not play. So it would be interesting to see who they go with um, at quarterback. I imagine it's P.J. Hill but or P.J. Is that right? P.J. Hill? Walker. Um, it'd be nice to see him be able to play um, a game with weeks of preparation, you know, a week of preparation as opposed to just getting thrown in there like he did um, the last time he played. So um, that's really the two things. And I heard that CMC is not going to play this week. So it's another Mike Davis week. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. It was nice to see DJ Moore get, get some, uh, you know, touches, but he still wasn't getting a ton of targets. So that's, that's the issue there for him. And it's going to be like one of those things where it's like a, you know, an all or nothing kind of thing, just depending on if he scores a touchdown. Yeah. So AB led the team in receptions. He had seven. Godwin and Evans had six apiece. Uh, he was third on the team in yards. So that's kind of uh, an interesting uh, switch up there. And of course, you know, you always. You know, there's always a, a random event. You know, it's either Mike Evans, who has two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns. This week it was 
hey, let's get Cam Braid a touchdown, you know, because we were all kind of expecting that. Um, and that's, but that's going to be what this offense is. Tom Brady is going to get it to the open guy every time. That's what he does. He, you know, doesn't know anything different. And we got to expect that, uh, you know, DJ Moore and, Robbie Anderson had the same amount of receptions in this game. The big difference is, though, is that DJ Moore had 96 yards and a touchdown while Robbie Anderson had 21 yards. So um, maybe this is the beginning of something or maybe this is just an outlier because it's been Robbie Anderson at least leading in the in the yardage race. Uh, he has I don't think he's had a touchdown since week one, but. You know, it's interesting to see what Matt Rule is doing with that team. And now if if it is going to be P.J. Walker, if the offense changes any, maybe Mike Davis gets a, a few more receptions in order to get the ball out of P.J. Walker's hands quicker. But we'll have to see what happens. That's going to be an interesting one. So uh, next one, Broncos Raiders, man. Uh, Broncos got hit by the J train. Josh Jacobs, 136 total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that boy good. Uh, I'll say that. Um, anything else from this game? I mean, Drew Locke looks awful. I mean, he just really does. It's He's just making terrible play after terrible play. He just makes really bad bad decisions. And um, I can't see him being their quarterback next year unless he ends up just looking incredible this last six games. I mean... If you can uh, move, I I have him in one league, and I'm waiting for him to blow up maybe one game and just see what I can get for him because I just don't trust him uh, beyond this season. Yeah, and see, I I am going to disagree with you here, and I understand all the points, and honestly, you could be just as right as I am on this. Um, we, we both, I think, have the same percentage chance of being right. I do think Drew Locke is going to be there next year uh, as the starter. They may bring in a, uh, a vet to uh, to maybe challenge for the spot, but, but this is the reason why. I think that the I, – I think they're going to bring up the excuse that, you know, Corlin Sutton wasn't there, and, you know, they're currently picking 11th. So they're they're out of kind of – I think they're out of that range to draft one of the big three. Obviously, you know, as we see in every draft, there's usually four or five guys, uh, four or five quarterbacks taken in the first round. So maybe – Maybe the Broncos do take someone at 11. I, I don't think they will, though. I think that they'll go in another direction. So if they take a second or third rounder, is, is that guy automatically going to take Drew Locke out of the spot? Um, no, but don't you think that they could sign a veteran that could come in and, and do what Nick Foles did to Trubisky? I think that's a real high likelihood, even if they don't draft someone, that that's what's going to happen. Because you can't go into next year with Drew Locke and a rookie that's not drafted in the first round as your um, as your quarterback position. You have to have something that 
you feel could be a step up and you I can't that would be bad management in my opinion having Drew Locke be your only option as a starter. Yeah, I mean my my thing is is that I, I I think the difference between the situations and I could just I could be reading the tea leaves wrong, but it seems like the management in Denver likes Drew Locke currently more than the management in Chicago liked Mitch Trubisky when they traded for Nick Foles. So I mean they I think they could bring in a vet, but I don't know if they're bringing in a vet just to back up Drew Locke in case he gets hurt. Because I think that's another excuse they're going to use is that he's been hurt and playing hurt. Uh, The offensive line needs some help. I just think he'll – I think this is kind of like – I think 2021 is going to be like kind of the last like, all right. And maybe they do bring in a Nick Foles type. You know, I don't – can't think of any names off the top of my head right now. But Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that would be fun. But that's that what I'm saying. Be- like, it's that's an easy decision right there, right? Like, Fitzpatrick's oh. not going to be there. And, I mean, who's the better quarterback? There's literally no question who the better quarterback is between those two guys, in my opinion. And I I just – I can't believe that. Like, I, I mean, I'm not even going to read, like, what the tea leaves as to, like, who likes who because that's such a um, subjective and just a guess, in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. just a matter like looking at it logically, you cannot go in with him as your only option at quarterback and and another un- inexperienced quarterback unless he's a top you know, top a first round pick. So right. so you you're going to have to sign someone. You can't go in there with uh Rippin as your backup this year. And and so you're they're going to sign somebody and it's going to they're not I don't think they're going to sign like a Mike Glennon. They're going to sign somebody that can become the starter if necessary and and I just, I'm on a different, you know, it's just a matter of like, I don't, I'm not as high on, on lock as maybe other people are. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like he's a good quarterback. It, I mean, it's the same thing. I feel like Baker Mayfield, like, I don't think he's a great quarterback. It's just, he might be fine, but I mean, Cortland Sutton, sure. But that's really the only guy they're missing at wide receiver. Um, they still have all the other weapons, and he might be dinged up. I mean, there might be stuff that we can't see, and maybe I'm reading this situation wrong. But from what I've seen, I mean, I just I think that there's just no way you go in there without serious competition for the position. I, I think we should. Uh, I think we should have a little friendly wager on this one. We'll sure. uh, we'll uh, we'll think of some terms and and maybe announce it next week. Our little our Drew Lock uh, Drew Lock bet. And, and just good. remember, everyone who's listening, uh, Bill also thought Jason Garrett would be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys this year. So, you know, his, his prediction cool. skills. Yeah, that's not my <laughs> only predictions that are wrong. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more of those. Dude, ain't that the truth? I was the guy, I was the guy standing up here saying DeAndre Hopkins was going to need time to adjust. And obviously, I was uh, I was dead wrong about that one. So, but no, that'll be a little fun thing. We'll uh, we'll put a wager on see who the starter in uh, twenty twenty one will be for the uh, the Denver Broncos. So, all right, let's move on. Chargers Dolphins. Um, the uh, you know I think the rookie QBs look good in this, and I know the stat lines aren't going to show you know that 
especially Justin Herbert, who was going over 300 yards every week, who ended up, I think, with 182 or 183 this week. But, I mean, you see both uh, both guys, you know, fighting and doing what they could to keep their team in it and try to get a win. And, of course, you know, when it's a close game, you know the Chargers aren't going to win. So, <laughs> so no matter what Justin Herbert tries to do – Maybe he needs to start praying more. I don't know what he needs to do, taking his vitamins. But, uh, you know, a- anything else you see from that game? Not really. I mean, Keenan Allen's just a good co- wide receiver, man. Like, you know, he's definitely the, uh, you know, he's he's a stud. And everybody was so down on him in the offseason because they were worried about the rookie quarterback coming in that, you know, it, he was a great deal for people who traded for him or drafted him in startups this off season. Um, it was nice to see uh, Hunter Henry get some targets and some catches, um, but it's just just tough to rely really on anybody at the moment aside from Keenan Allen. And you know, Tua, it wasn't the best game, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm really interested to watch him the rest of the season to see how he, he progresses and. I think they're going to keep it pretty conservative for him this year, and we'll see him maybe take off next year. And and the crazy thing about this team, and by and by the way, I mean this team is playing this team is playing great. Uh, talking about the Dolphins, right now they would they would have the sixth pick in the draft because they have Houston's first round pick. Yeah. So you're talking about a team that's young and on the rise, getting not only two first-round picks, but one of them inside of the top 10. And that's kind of insane. And this is a team, and I know, you know, people will probably say that I'm, uh, you know, I'm being too hyperbolic here. But this is a team that could get into the playoffs and – I wouldn't be shocked if they, especially there's seven teams getting in this year. So seven teams from each division. So, or from each conference. So um, like, I wouldn't even be shocked if they snuck in and then, you know, beat a lower level conference winner on a, in a road game, just because they're playing so well right now. I think they're well coached. Yeah, I agree with that. They are definitely well coached. And it's one of those things where you could say, oh, well, what happens if Tua gets hurt? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just comes back out. Like, like there's no drop-off, you know, and I've talked about it with uh, my Cowboys. You know, it's like, all right, well, here comes, you know, Ben DiNucci, and here comes Gary Gilbert, who actually looked good in his game. But, you know, it, there's that definite drop-off from your starter to your your next guy up, and there really isn't that between two and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not right now, anyway, you know. Right. So that also kind of gives you a little bit of hope that, you know, if, if your signal caller gets dinged up or hurt or taken out of a game, you have a guy who has just been good for the last year and a half back out there thrown to the same guys. So uh, I want to throw this up real quick, uh, Bill, though. Uh, Lindsay Kennedy in the chat, you know, talking about our bet here. Who's going to wear a dress? Um, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind making I mean, that. I mean, who's not? Who's not going to wear a dress? 
I mean, I wouldn't mind making that the terms of the uh, <laughs> of the bet, but uh, I don't. I don't think anybody wants to see that. But if it, hey, listen, it'll be a moo moo. If we uh, if we decide on that, you know, I, I can't even borrow a dress from my wife because putting it on, I'd probably split the thing in half. So, uh, uh, you know, to find to find something for a uh, for a six foot two, two hundred and eighty pound guy might be a little bit hard. <laughs> while Bill is drinking his heart seltzer with the pinky up, uh, but. Yeah, so uh, we'll figure out those terms, though. Maybe somebody will wear a dress. Who knows? Um, maybe maybe we could do something, uh, do something with charity or something like that, and and uh, have <laughs> have that kind of go on. Our man Steve Dennis, who says, "Sadly, I kind of want to see that." Steve, you don't want to see that, my man. I'm telling you right now. You know, I barely look presentable in male clothing. You do not want to see me in a dress, man. Uh, you know, well, Bill. You should probably- Bill, yes. Bill, you do. Hell Bill yeah. has the body for it. But uh, oh, me, yeah. you, you don't want to see <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. I, I promise you, you don't want to see that. Uh, so, all right, let's move on to our next game here. Uh, Bill's Cardinals, we talked about it earlier. Is there anything DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> meant, can't do? My Cardinals. What's up? I thought What's you meant my Cardinals. Your Cardinals? Yeah, you said oh. Bill's Cardinals, and I was like, what? Oh, oh, I was like, wait, I, I didn't even put the two together. Um, Sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, he went seven for 127, and the game-winning touchdown, which was amazing. And I love, I don't know if you saw the tweet he put out where he uh, he put that picture up and said, make a meme, and uh, I'll pick a winner and send them a signed jersey. And someone, I don't know who made this meme, but it was great. It was him catching it, and the title on top was, um, yeah, people trying to get out of Houston, and the ball was the ticket out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is catching it, and then you see James Harden, Russell Westbrook, uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody else. It was hilarious. It was a good, it was a good meme. Uh, but uh, anything you see from that game, Bill? I mean, not really. I mean, it, it was pretty impressive, uh, Kyler Murray. You know, I mean, that last pass was just ridiculous. Um, he had to kind of contort his body to square up and then just flick it. Um, you know, it, it was impressive and totally impressive with uh, Hopkins' catch. But, I mean, I think the Bills, one of the Bills guys, like, took out two of his own guys to kind of uh, help him out a little bit. But, yeah, it was a fun game. Um, you know, Josh Allen drove down, got them the, through a great pass to Diggs to take the lead, and it was just a a crazy freak play that um, you know Arizona was able to come back and win. So, yeah, it was just a fun game. It was a good game with two young quarterbacks. That you know we should probably be seeing that a lot over the course of the next decade. Yeah, and uh, if we're lucky, we'll get a uh, maybe we'll get a, a Bills Cardinals. <laughs> Super Bowl at some point and watch those guys on the uh, on the biggest stage uh, duel it out. So Seahawks Rams, uh, this game did not go as planned. The uh, Jared Goff and Russell Wilson combined for zero touchdowns uh, as we planned it. Also, as we planned it, 
Alex Collins and Malcolm Brown combined for three touchdowns. So exactly what we thought was going to happen. Um, yeah. Anything else from that game? That was just kind of a, a very weird game. Yeah, that's odd. I, I didn't. I didn't even realize that there was zero touchdowns for the quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one of those weird, fluky games that that happens. And, you know, don't expect the same next week. Uh, yeah, I really don't have much for that one. Yeah, uh, it was pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, 49ers and State. Saints. Saints. Mm-hmm. 49ers and Saints. Alvin Kamara is just so damn good. 98 yards, three touchdowns. Um, but obviously the big news is Drew Brees goes down, uh, five cracked ribs, a punctured lung. The fact that he was out there and ended that half is kind of amazing because I've I've had bruised ribs before and I know how much that hurts. So I can't imagine five broken ribs and a punctured lung. Like, that's insane. And you know, some of the reports are, are saying that it's going to be two to three. He'll only be out for two to three weeks. I mean, listen, they're NFL players. They have the best doctors in the world. They have, you know, pain medications that we've probably never even heard of. But, man, if he comes back in two weeks, he is a warrior. And, I mean, uh, uh, Sean Payton said it during the uh, the post-game press conference. You know, Drew Brees is never – asked out of a game for the entire time they've been together. So when he told him during halftime that he couldn't go back in, he knew something was wrong. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. You know, hopefully it's only two weeks, but man, I mean, it, it could be, it could be a lot longer. Uh, anything else you see from this bill? No, but yeah, I, I remember, uh, was a few years back when, uh, Watson had a punctured lung, and he ended up playing, like, immediately. Like, he didn't even miss a game, I don't think. It was pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Like, he couldn't even fly with the team because you couldn't fly, couldn't fly. with that. Yeah. So he actually had to drive to Florida for the game, I believe it was. And that, that's pretty uh, pretty incredible when guys could do that and that they're willing to do that, you know, because it's, like, how do you even play with that? <laughs> like, it just blows my mind. But, um yeah, it will be interesting to see what Jameis does in um, in place of uh, Breeze, and I'm pretty sure he's probably the guy that's going to be getting the you know 90% of the plays at quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see with him what the week prep uh, as a QB one, and you know see maybe he is a little bit more disciplined in the system and with a coach who kind of demands it. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, that's a game I'll definitely have my eyes on this week. And I hope he watches that Teddy Bridgewater film uh, from last year because Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he I think it was five games that he pretty much was able to try out for the entire league. And, and those games got him paid in Carolina. And it might be a shorter sample size for Jameis, but if he can put – similar results on tape, you know, we, we've been talking about it a little bit. There's, I think there's going to be more QB openings than we think. Like Drew and maybe Lack. more cube. <laughs> Bill says Drew Locke. Uh, I'm thinking more like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, maybe gone. Uh, I can't believe Phillip Rivers is around an in Indy. Um, you know, 
if the Jets take a QB at one, maybe they want to sit that guy and uh, bring in someone to to do that uh, and be that kind of starter, that mentor while a you know while a first a number one overall pick sits for a little bit and learns. You know that may be the least likely of all situations, but. Yeah, man. I mean, Jameis could could be in that situation, or he could be the quarterback of the Saints if Drew Brees retires after this season. So a lot of opportunity for Jameis to make himself a lot of money and and, uh, short himself a starting spot in the NFL next year. So we're going to move on here to the, uh, let's see, the Bengals and the Steelers, man. Big Ben, you know, I think he's been kind of an unsung hero this year. He doesn't get uh, he doesn't get talked about a lot because obviously you know Chase Claypool is having his blow up games and Deontay Johnson is just he's so damn good when he's on the field. Juju over the last month or so has just been kind of lights out every game. You know James Conner was doing well until the last couple of weeks, and Big Ben kind of gets pushed down that list. But three hundred and thirty four yards in the air and. Four touchdowns, not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. Uh, Bill, I think this is a guy. If you're a contender, the throw pick, you know, throw pick if he's on a uh, on a rebuilding team's roster, and you know, get that guy for the stretch run because I think he's, I think that whole offense besides James Conner is heating up right now. I mean, the, these receivers almost every game. I mean. Big Ben had three top 10, I believe, wide receivers this week. Like, that's insane, you know. And he has guys that do everything. I mean, Chase Claypool can is a monster that can beat you with 4-4 speed. Deontay Johnson can catch anything, you know. Juju Smith-Schuster just runs every route in the tree. It's just like, no matter what you try to throw at him he can get you so um what do you what do you think about that is there or i should say is there anything else you saw from this game no i mean that that they had kind of struggled running the ball um so pittsburgh that is and so that that's a little bit of a a concern uh but it's gonna be great for ben and i agree that he's a great ad for a contender uh i'm in a league that had i had ben and i'm not it was a orphan I took over, so there I was not contending by any means, and I traded him away to a contender and a one QB for two, a second rounder. And you know, I figure that's a good buy for the contender because it's a late second, and you're getting they're getting a quarterback that could potentially be, you know, a very consistent solid QB one for them uh, with all those weapons. So. Ben's not the Ben of old, but he's still a great quarterback. And as much as I think he's a scum, like him as a player is, he's, he's fantastic. And, you know, he obviously has some physical issues. You see him always tinkering with his elbow and stuff during the game. And that's a concern in super flex. It's probably not a bad idea to add Mason Rudolph. If you have deep, deep rosters, just to, just in case, um, but Ben looks really good and he's just a, he's just a true pro and, you know, with those weapons, 
and a good quarterback. That's a pretty good combo. Um, Cincy, that's who they played, right? Cincy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're still, I mean, I like them. I, I'm, I really like the promise of that team. And, you know, there there is definite skill on that offense now. Um, who knows how good that defense is going to get, which is actually good for any guys that you have on Cincy's offense. So, uh T. Higgins looks phenomenal. Um, Boyd looks really good. Um, you know, and obviously Burrow looks pretty solid for a rookie. So it's uh, that's an offense I want pieces of going into next year for sure. One hundred percent. And I've been I've been trying to trade for pieces of, of that offense and <laughs> have been shut down at every uh, at every turn. So I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. Uh, We'll go. We'll go to the final two games, which uh, we may not talk about for all that for all that much. Uh, Ravens Patriots uh, Patriots backfield man, they blow up. Uh, Damian Harris, one hundred and twenty one rushing yards. Rex Burkhead, uh, sixty six total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, anything else from this game? Man, Ravens are just. I don't even know what to say about them. There's. We're, I was talking about this on another pod, and it's just like, who do you trust on that offense right now? I mean, really, the only guy I feel comfortable starting. I mean, if in a one, obviously you're starting Lamar and Superflex, but the, and probably even in one QB, but that's still a tough start in that situation. Um, the only guy I feel comfortable starting right now is Mark Andrews. Everybody else, I don't feel comfortable with, and Mark Andrews is just a middle of the road tight end, so. Like, there's nobody I'm stoked about starting. It, it's a tough one for uh, – that offense just has not clicked. And whether it's the coaching, whether it's just these players not taking the next step, I don't know. I know the offensive line's not as good. I mean, that's an obvious situation that they're going to need to correct. But um, if there's one team that will, I'm not going to freak out and just sell everybody because I, I feel like they will right the ship. It's just a matter of – if there's a team that's good enough to, you know, make the proper adjustments, Baltimore is one of those teams. So, yeah, and you you feel confident in one more player than I do. Um, like obviously, they have a bunch of guys who can blow up at any time, and that that's obvious. But man, it, it's it's tough out there, and, and at every position, you, I shouldn't say probably, but you may have a better option. Even with Mark Andrews, man, if you have like Hayden Hurst, you're, you're probably feeling more comfortable right now starting Hayden Hurst. And obviously, Hayden Hurst can't have a big, you know, 130-yard, two-touchdown game like Mark Andrews can, but you just kind of like, you know Hayden Hurst is going to get you some points every week and yeah, Mark yeah. Andrews. You don't feel worse playing him at least, right? Like, I mean, that's right. not, yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, let's move on to the Vikings-Bears. Um if you like defense, uh, this was the game for you. Um, I, I will say one guy who was out there and was doing the damn thing, though, Justin Jefferson, eight receptions, 135 yards. Yes, Adam Thielen got the two touchdowns, but my God, that that kid is a stud. He is a stone-cold stud. I'll be honest with you. There isn't any wide rookie wide receiver I don't want on a team. Okay. I mean, like of all, like let's say the top ten wide receivers. I can't say there's one top ten wide receiver I'm disappointed in. It's crazy. Like probably every wide receiver draft in the top two rounds of rookie drafts, 
And Jeff- Justin Jefferson's right at the top. Like, yes. it's crazy. You know, it's... Hey, let me let me throw you a name since you said that. Um, Jalen Rager. I'm happy. I'd be happy to have him on my team. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt, and he's he's getting the targets, and he's getting the air yards for the team. So all of the peripherals look good for him. Mm-hmm. And, and so I... Honestly, I wouldn't mind making moves for him right now because of the situation and all of that and everybody's negative on the team, you know, on on Philly. I would I would be more apt to buy him than consider selling him. Okay. Um I wasn't high on him going in, so um Sure. Obviously not not high on him now, but I just I wanted to see if that was a name that uh that would make you pause, but you seem you no. seem like you're still in. Mm-hmm. So, which I mean, if you were in beforehand, I mean, and this is what I tell people all the time: you can't, you can't let half of a season take you off of a guy that you felt good about going into the process. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of the the JT argument. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he comes back his first game after injury, and he's the leading target guy. He's getting a real high target percentage, and he's getting a ton of air yards. So. Like, that's a pretty good sign when he just comes back. And I granted, I understand there's not a lot of other guys to compete with, but Travis Fulgham has done well. So for him to all of a sudden just jump in, all of a sudden get that volume and that opportunity, that's a pretty good sign. So I'm pretty po- I'm, I'm positive about him. I'm not, like, super stoked or anything, but I don't mind even paying. Like, I mean, granted, people aren't going to sell him cheap, I don't think, yet. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe by the end of the season, if things are still not quite going well, um, you might be able to get him at discount and it might benefit you next year to have him on your roster. And, and one more question from this game. Okay. Uh, is it time to bring Mitch back? Uh, we, we saw Nick Foles get hurt at the end of that game. Yeah. And, you know, obviously no, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, man. It looked like a bad injury, even though now they're saying it might not be bad, but, um, bad. It looked bad. I mean, and the Bears are saying, no, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's like, all right. It's probably Uh, all that front weight that threw him off and screwed his back up. Listen, man, you know, women (laughs) women can get reduction surgery when they have weight in the front throwing them off. But, men, we don't don't have that option. If there's there's too much weight in the front, you just got too much weight in the front, man. It's it's not good for you. but uh, but I mean, is it time to bring Mitch back? Look, I mean, they well, they should. were winning. Yeah, I, I mean, I is Foles the answer long term? Obviously not, right? No. Like, so what are you gonna do? You throw the young guy back in, see what you have. He looked okay before they pulled him. I'm not saying he looked great, but he looked okay. Give him that opportunity at the end of the season. He's He's had another eight games to prepare and learn and do all of that. If he hasn't progressed, then you know what you got to do this offseason. And that answers your question. But, like, why not throw him back in? And that's with yeah, a guy I... who has a ton of Nick Foles on his rosters. Like, you know, just because he's super cheap and I, you know, got him in the offseason for super cheap. But, like, and I have very little Trubisky but I think you still got to put Trubisky back in and see what you have to make sure you're making the right choice going into the off season. And they're probably getting rid of all of, um, 
they might end up getting rid of like the coaching staff. So if that's the case, I have then to. do you think they will or do you th- not think they will? No, I said they have to. I, oh, okay, I, good. Yeah, so I, I don't see I don't see a way how anyone. I mean, apparently it was you know Major Laser was out there calling the offense this week. It looked like the same damn offense I've seen for the last four weeks from Matt Nagy. So I don't I don't know. Major Laser was out there. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Maybe I he love was Major Laser. Uh, he was in DJ concert. Group. You know, maybe he was in concert and not really calling the damn plays, but. It looked the same, and and I think you know, um, <laughs> you threw me off with that one, Bill. Um, so what I forget, it. I, I don't even know what I was going to say. You threw me off that. All right, let's with, go to with, the, with the timeline. Comment. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what we saw in the timeline, and I, I'm not going to explain what Bill wrote in the chat. This is the reason why you should uh, come on YouTube. Nine o'clock every Wednesday, so you can see what the hell Bill is typing in the chat right now. Um, all right, so this one, this first one here is from our man uh, Jerry O'Shea at Jerry Shea FF Dynasty Twelve Team Superflex Tight End Premium Cam Akers or Robert Woods, and he writes in here: This is a rebuilding team versus a playoff team. So. We can uh, we can either just say who we like more, or we can uh, we can explain both points of view. So, uh, Bill, who you got? You got um you got Cam, or you got Bobby Trees? I'm taking Robert Woods, but I get the trade um, with it being a uh, rebuild versus playoff team. Um, but if I, I'm if I'm not in either situation, I'm taking Robert Woods. Yeah, straight straight up. Um, if I didn't know what the team was, uh, I'm taking Robert Woods. Uh, I do think though, if you're a rebuilding team, uh, that you should be able to get something added to Cam Akers uh, for Robert Woods. And you know, again, these are the kind of moves. You know, every every league is different, so I can say that just on a general basis, but maybe as the rebuild, you've been trying to trade uh, Robert Woods and this is the best offer you got, then you should probably take it because I, I, you know, we are looking at all these other running backs, you know, we're looking at the CEH and the JTs and yeah, they're not doing what we thought they were going to do, but we've seen those flashes. I don't think we've seen that as much from Cam Akers because he's not, out on the field as much, but this is kind of the buy low opportunity. If you were in on Cam Akers, and I was in on Cam Akers before the draft, you know, maybe this is, all right, like maybe next year, you know, Malcolm Brown isn't there anymore. You know, they try to gear it more towards Cam Akers and maybe 2021, you know, that's how you you kind of talk yourself into it. Yeah, actually I was on, um, super flexible yesterday and we were talking about like what what are the buys right now and my answer was all of the rookie running backs so yeah like, pretty much any of those guys i'm willing to pay at their current market value um even swift who's valued higher you know right now because of his performance but um yeah any of those guys i'm willing to pay 
for. But I, I think the the issue with um, Akers in particular is that he has not performed at all. Like everybody else has an excuse in a way or a higher expectation, and I think people that have Acres are going to want more than what people that want to buy him want to pay for him. And I think I think Cam Akers is a uh, I think he's someone that you can that you should look to add during this year's draft. Like what do you pay, yeah, like what do you th- what is, what is value right now for you? I guess is my question. Like what are you paying for him? Like if you were going to make an offer right now. That's so tough. I know, just because, whatever first thing that comes to your mind. Well, the right the right answer, okay, is a first. <laughs> is okay. a, is a late is a I'm late not first. paying that. But I'm not paying that. Right, so that, that's that, why I'm asking that, you. You don't have to tell me what the right answer is. Just tell me what you're paying. But that's where the hesitation is because it's almost nobody's going to sell him for a second. Right. No. No one is so, selling him for a second. Yeah. So that's my point. Is like you're not going to see a lot of trades for him right now. So you're making a good point of doing it at, um, you know, at the draft day or around draft time. That makes a lot more sense because people will kind of be like, I don't want to take the risk of him having another stinker of a year. Well, and and we're going to see in this year's draft and obviously like things are going to change from you know the middle of May where most drafts are probably going to start until you know from now until then but like i'm just looking at a mock draft right now 1 2 3 4 of the top 15 actual real life nfl picks are slated to be quarterbacks so you know if four or five or six quarterbacks go in the first round, you're getting a similar number in the first round of your super flex draft, which means guys that you really like are going to get pushed down. So if there's a, you know, let me just see if I can if I can pull a name here, real quick. You know, like this is compelling right now. All right, like. <laughs> Rondell Moore, you know, maybe he gets pushed down to the first pick of the second round. Now, all of a sudden, you know, if you're not a Rondell Moore fan, do you go, Hey, you got, you got Cam Akers. I got this 201. You want to make a deal? And someone who's a big Rondell Moore fan might be like, yeah. And you know, I, Listen, I'm not I'm not a Devi guy. I'm not good at this, so I'm sorry if you are a Devi person and you're like, there's no way in hell Rondell Moore is lasting to the 13th pick. I no. apologize. It was just you know an example. The first, right. The first name I saw. I I, yep. I don't want to offend the peoples. Um, but yeah, like at real fantasy TL. Yes, it's right on the bottom there. <laughs> you can see it right right there, right there, right there. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's kind of like it's the same logic if we go to the 2020 draft. Like, you know, T. Higgins was like like a top three pick in the second round in most uh, in most rookie drafts. Like, someone like you know, if you have a Cam Akers and someone's like, oh man, a top three pick, it's going to get me something good. Like, that's when you make the trade. So, um, you know, do that. But yeah, we both go with Woods in a vacuum, but we also understand it for the rebuilding team. 
and uh, 55-45. So uh, in favor of Cam Akers, actually. So maybe we're totally wrong about all this shit. I'm not wrong. Well, me neither, but I'm just saying, like, you know, we have to pretend <laughs> to be humble. Come on, Bill. Remember? Remember the pre-show meeting? Be humble. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. This is this is from another one of the one of the friends of the show here, Dave at Dave Sorrell. Uh, this is a contender trade, twelve team PPR. Uh, the first round pick in this trade is going to uh, probably be one of the last four picks of the first round. Uh, so Dobbins, uh, someone we talked about a little bit earlier. And a 2021 first, and again, that's probably going to be one of the last four picks, or Nicholas Chubb. Hmm. Mm-mm, Bill's thinking here. First will likely be playoff, so it's a late first. So, so I'll go first while while mm-hmm. Bill mulls this over, and it's thank you. It's not hard for me. Um, maybe it should be, but it's not. I'm going with Nick Chubb. I mean, we've seen Nick Chubb. We know what Nick Chubb is. We know what he can do. And yes, you know, again, first round picks, you know, they're they're going to be valuable, you know, as soon as January. They're going to be very valuable. <laughs> but um I like I like the guy that has the top 5 upside. Maybe J.K. Dobbins uh, shows that in 2021, and I'm totally wrong. But looking at it on its face right now, I'm going with uh, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. Yeah, so like it being a contender trade, I think that's the correct answer. Um, Dobbins isn't doing anything for you this year, and the first isn't doing anything for you this year. Just so to be able, able to add a starter in your lineup for the playoffs, I think that's a great trade for you. There you go. So, Dave, uh, I hope you got yourself some Nick Chubb. But again, you know, and I think this may be a case of people just not reading the the question completely. Uh, The Dobbins in the first got 57% of the vote, while Nick Chubb only got 43%. But I'm wondering if that's because people did not read that this was a contender trade. Um, Now, just my two cents. So this next one, Tribe Called Best, I like that name, at My Fantasy Crew. Uh, weekend, Great name. Uh, great name. Week 11, fantasy football, flex slash wide receiver dilemma. CeeDee Lamb at Minnesota or DJ Chark versus Pittsburgh. Uh, if, you are, if you're trying to fill that flex, you got CeeDee Lamb or... DJ Chart. I'm taking CD Lamb. Um, I would much prefer that wide receiver against a Minnesota defense that's suspect as opposed to Chark with a quarterback that I don't trust against that defense. So it's pretty easy for me at CD Lamb. You don't you don't trust Booty Scoot and Jake Luton? What? Well, I can't nope. be- I can't believe this, man. Can you trust uh, somebody named Booty Scoot and Jake Luton? Listen, man, sometimes that booty scoots, man, and you just got to go with it, man. Uh, no, I'm, w- I'm with you, though. Uh, I'm going with CeeDee Lamb. Yes, the Cowboys offense has looked horrific since the Dak Prescott injury. They looked passable. Actually looked passable against 
Pittsburgh, which is very strange, with Garrett Gilbert throwing the ball. Um, I do think that Andy Dalton is an upgrade from Garrett Gilbert, no matter how well he played. So, um, but yeah, it's about that defense, man. Pittsburgh is, they're a lights out defense, man. And they've shown it pretty much every week in 2020. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet on Jake Luton and DJ Chark unlocking the code to defeating the Pittsburgh defense. So yeah, give me CeeDee Lamb and, uh, and we'll hope for the best on that one. Uh, this last one, which I, which is a very interesting question. I found it right before we went on. So, uh, so we'll see what, what we all say here, but this is from St. Patrick FF at St. Patrick FF Zeke plus what equals Saquon. And this is a dynasty question. So what are you adding to Zeke to get Saquon? Tony Pollard. Okay. I have, then I have the Dallas offense, you know, the Dallas running backs compared to the giants. Okay, so what if you are selling? If you're selling Saquon, that's what you're asking for. You're asking for Tony Pollard to to complete the set. If I mean, you now, if you're trying to buy Saquon, are you still adding Tony Pollard and hoping to get that deal done? Yeah, I mean, okay. If I'm if I'm buying Saquon, that's what I'm offering. Okay. If you're um, selling Saquon, what do you want? Probably a little bit more than that, um, just because of age difference. Um, I would probably want like a, um, I don't know. I, that's a really tough question because it's so, I think I would want like a, yeah, I mean, it's probably very similar, whether it's Pollard or somebody similar of like, or something of similar value. Like that's kind of where I'm at, I think. You want you want a you want a high end running back back up like a Alexander Madison, a Tony mm-hmm. Pollard, something yeah, something like a in mid that to range. high second value on right, top of right. Zeke because I'm getting you you're saving yourself three years in running backs age or two years. Now, I I know you're gonna call me crazy here. Crazy? Yeah. Um. I don't think I add anything. And and here's I the reason. I, well, here's the reason why, though. Yes. Is Zeke on the struggle bus right now? Oh, 100%. And actually, it's funny that you brought Tony Pollard up because Tony Pollard actually looks like the better running back right now. But I also think that we have forgotten what Zeke looked like with Dak on the field. Uh, he was pretty damn good. I think he was like running back two or three before uh, Dak was hurt. So if we're assuming that, you know, this Dak injury was just a freak thing and he's going to be out there next year and he's going to be as uh, reliable as he had been the first four and a quarter years of his career, um, I think I'm getting a, a top five back. And, you know, with Saquon, I think he's also a top five back. I'm a little bit more worried about the back-to-back injuries. Um, but, I mean, I think he's a top five back as well. So if I'm, if I'm trading 
a top five back for a top five back, you know, it's kind of to me like, why, why would I want to add something to that when I'm pretty much where I feel like I'm getting very similar products, which is why I know a lot of people hate, uh, positional trades where you trade one position for something at at the same position because you know if you're trading guys in a similar tier what are you really gaining but that that's actually kind of the reason why i don't why i wouldn't want to add something just because like i think you're talking about two two guys that can easily be top five backs in 2021 and you know, why would I want to, why would I do that? Pretty. I'm just looking at market trade. You know what I mean? Market value. <laughs> I understand like you're looking at actual value. I'm looking at like what the uh, market as a whole values those two players. And it's going to be greater by a bit for Barkley than Zeke. And, and so that's why I would do it. Like I would, I would, I would much prefer to have Barkley in August than Zeke. And because I think that I can get more for Barkley before the season starts than I can Zeke. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. Yep. Um, and if you're, if your goal in getting Barkley is to wait the few months or actually wait like almost a year and then sell him, then yeah, I, I think you you know you add a little bit, you get Barkley, and then you sell them off or whatever. But if you were trading for these guys to have them on your team in 2021 and have them scoring you points in 2021, then you know it's a different story. But I agree with yep. you. The points that they're the points that they're gonna gain for your fantasy team is going to be pretty similar. But what you will be able to sell a healthy Saquon for is going to be more than what you can sell a healthy Zeke for. 100%. So, so yeah, it's a interesting uh, dichotomy there where you have, uh, you know, the the real value versus yeah. the perceived value, which is always yeah. fun because there aren't too many people where the real value and the perceived value match up. And I think we're talking about two guys that, uh, that fall into that category. So nice little philosophical question to, uh, to end this episode. Uh, thank you to everyone that was in the chat. I mean, you guys were lit. We had Lindsay Kennedy asking us to wear dresses and talking about surgeries uh, you know, we had Steve Dennis in here who said he wanted to see one of us in a dress, which, all right, Steve, I ain't mad at you. Um, people were in and out, man. It's so much fun. You guys, you guys definitely make the show more fun when you guys are, uh, are, are giving us questions, giving us comments, making fun of us. Uh, it's all fun. We love it. Uh, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, just remember, man, hit the bell, um, subscribe so that you know when we go live you know it's just a nice little reminder that you get uh and it's not just us man whenever anyone on the network does something on youtube you're gonna get that too and trust me we got the trade addicts russ and brian those guys are legends those guys are elite uh you know then you get the dynasty junkies those guys are i mean they knock it out of the park every episode uh, we have Casey Kasem with us now, who's doing uh, Get Real with Casey Kasem. If you're not subscribed to that pod, uh, you're making a mistake. 
the uh, the latest episode with uh, Matthew Betts was a banger. I meant to put that in the chat today in the DAP chat, and I forgot. Uh, so hopefully she's listening. Um, if not, I'll probably just do it after the show anyway. There but you um, but yeah, you'll get you'll get access to all of all of those people. And guess what? All of those people, except for me, are real super smart. So anytime you can see them on a screen is a good time. Um, Bill sighing deeply right now. Uh, and then if you're listening to us on podcast, man, uh, appreciate that too. If you just stumbled upon us, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends and your family. Uh, let them subscribe as well. Hit a, hit us with a rate and review too. Those are always fun to read. Uh, people usually like us. Some people don't, and that's cool too. Hey, whatever. And uh, you know, we appreciate it. An hour and fifteen minutes in, you could literally be doing anything else, and you decided to listen to us talk. So uh, we thank you all. And on that note, Bill, we are out of here. Late. 